as we get started this morning. Let's take a look at a video. I love that video. So if you've uh, not been with us, you're probably wondering, what is going on? So for the whole summer, we've been in this series called The Unexplainables. The Unexplainables, and we've been looking uh, off and on throughout the series at clips from the movie The Incredibles. Uh, it came out in the beginning of the uh, summer, and focusing on this family, this normal family that has superpowers, and I just love that scene from, this is a preview of the movie that came out earlier in this summer, you know, where Mr. Incredible's like, you have powers! And in many ways... That's what I've been saying for the last 10 weeks. It is. It's what I've been saying. Now, we're not called, as we've been talking about, we're not called to be superheroes. Some of us aren't going to have, you know, thank goodness we don't have, like, beam shooting out of our eyes powers. I'd be dead every single Sunday, but especially if somebody sneezed, you know. But, um, you know, but we do have something so much more. We have God's supernatural power within us. And the big idea that's been, you know, carrying us through this entire series is this idea that the supernatural power of God is truly unexplainable, but livable. Why is it unexplainable? It's unexplainable because when people see us live within this supernatural power, they see the way we love, they see the way we serve, they, they can't figure it out. If we truly live the way that Jesus calls us to live, the response should be, why are you that way? Most people in this world don't operate, don't live that way, don't sacrifice that way. And we've been looking at the, the letter from John to the church or a group of churches uh, John, one of Jesus' apostles, who are disciples who followed him around for three years, and he's writing to the church, telling them about what does it look like to live this unexplainable life? What does it look like to live an unexplainable life? Because it is possible. God's spirit inside you makes it possible. And so today, we're going to finish off this series looking at this section of John, John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5 verse 6 to 13. If you have scripture with you, I invite you to turn there with me. If, uh, if you don't, you can listen as we read. A little bit later, they, the, the passage will be up there on the screens. But for right now, let's listen to God's word. 1 John chapter 5, starting at verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. 
For whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony. Listen up. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Would you pray with me? Father, we just come to you this morning, and I would just ask, as I often do, that you would continue to speak this morning through me. Lord, I don't want this to be a time where I just am teaching about some information that makes everybody know more when they leave today. Lord, my prayer is that your, your word, your word in your scriptures, what you use me to, to bring this morning would be would brought it to hearts and minds who would be open to receive it, Lord, that you would transform hearts by the power of your spirit and that our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, our, our entire week, even our very lives would be different because of what you want to do just during this brief time that we have together, Lord. So, Lord, silence the distractions, silence those things that we have planned for the week, and the Lord, allow each and every one of us just to sit at your feet this morning to be transformed by you. In Jesus' name, I pray all of this. Amen. You know, the, uh, the uh, word here that's throughout this entire passage is this word testimony. This is the testimony, John says. And, you know, for those of you that don't know my history or my past, I, I used to be a police officer. In fact, I was a police officer for 10 years prior to God calling me into full-time ministry. And so I know a little thing or two about testimony. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I was clear about that, and then it was because I was a police officer, just to make sure people didn't think I knew something about testimony because of the other way. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, testimony, it's a, a written or verbal statement that you give somebody. And I can remember, I was thinking about it this week as, as I was preparing for the message, I can remember the first time that I had to testify before the grand jury. And can I tell you that it was terrifying? Like, you think standing up here is terrifying for me? That was terrifying. And, and leading up to this testimony that I had to give, all of the officers that were around me were telling me that the lawyer for the defense was just this, this snake, you know? He was this guy that was going to twist my words. He was going to come at me from all these different angles. And he was going to make me feel like I didn't even know what I was talking about right? And it was, I was so nervous because I was looking over the case over and over again. And, and it's amazing, like when you're under that pressure, like you actually are afraid, even though all you're testifying about is what you did, what you saw. So it's not like you're going to make anything up. It's just recanting facts. You're actually, I was terrified that I would forget or I would say something. I'm like, who would want to be like the new cop who has this big case in front of the grand jury? And like forever and ever after that, it will be known that somebody got off because I can't testify. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, these are the things that were going through my mind when I walked up there. Because, and, and truthfully, you know, the guy, the guy was tough, and he, and he really tried to mix me up on my words and everything. And, but I didn't forget. I didn't forget. But it was, it was really, I can't, I can't explain to you how nervous I was. I had to, like, you know, change my shirt three times just during the day from all, you know, from all the sweat. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that 
that's, that's one case. But if you've been tracking with me and tracking with us through this entire series, if you haven't caught on yet, living an unexplainable life is going to lead to you sharing a testimony. If you haven't caught on to that yet, because the hope that I'm, that I'm praying for, that I'm believing for, is that as we understand that God's supernatural power within us is not only unexplainable but livable, but that as we live that out and people see us and people interact with us, their natural response is going to be, why? Because it's unexplainable. And our response needs to be a testimony. And that, for some of us, scares us. It terrifies us. What am I going to say? Maybe I'll forget something. I mean, I know that 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared. But you know what, Dan? I, I don't know scripture the way you do. I don't know the Bible. I don't know theology. I don't know enough. I don't, what, if I, what if I mess up? What if this is the first time anybody ever talks to somebody about Jesus and I say the wrong thing and I ruin them forever, right? These are the things that we think about, you know, just even thinking about having to share it. And on top of that, we have a culture that says, you know, keep your faith private. What's what's good for you is good, but, you know, don't share that with anybody else. And for some of us in this room, I'm guessing a lot of us in this room, this idea of sharing your faith is terrifying. So terrifying that maybe it keeps us from living lives that are unexplainable. And we need to get through that. We need to move forward. And I believe that what we need to know about giving our testimony, what God wants us to know about an unexplainable testimony, is that an unexplainable testimony is not about what you say. It's about what God did. We need to know that. An unexplainable testimony is not about what you say, but it's about what God did. This is what John is telling us this morning when he's talking about the testimony. So let's take a look at what he says because we need to be prepared. Like I said, Peter, another one of Jesus' followers, said we have to be prepared. And if we're walking in this life where we're going to live unexplainable lives, we have to be prepared. But it's not about what you say. If we focus on what we say, we're always going to mess up. We're going to need to change your shirt three times. We need to focus on what God did. So this is what John tells us about what God did. He says, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. Now, as I approach this scripture this week, you got to know, every commentator that I opened, everything that I looked at when I studied said this. This is one of, if not the, most difficult passages to interpret in all of the New Testament, maybe the entire Bible. And I thought, yay. (laughs) Lucky me. But we're going to get through it this morning because this is so important. First of all, we need to know the context. Remember, if you've been with us, 1 John, John is writing to a church, a group of churches that are dealing with false teachers. And one of the things that the false teachers are trying to say to the people that are receiving this letter, that are reading this letter the first time, is that Jesus was only the Christ, he was only deity, he was only God in between his baptism and his death. You with me? So they were saying Jesus was just a guy, just a man, just a human. And then when he was baptized, he, you know, God filled him up and he became the God-man at that point. And then right before he died, or when he died, was, a, was another one of the heresies that God left him. And he was no longer God and he God-man. 
And this was a heresy that was, a, and, and John wants to focus on that. But, he, but what he really wants to focus on to, to counteract that is the reality that God, through Jesus Christ, is both God and man, and he was the entire time. And this is super important. This is a super important part of our testimony, that Jesus was God incarnate. He became flesh and lived among us, and he lived a perfect life as a human being, yet still being God, and he died a sinner's death for you and for me so that he could be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of everyone. I mean, this is the testimony, right? So if we don't get this right, then we don't have anything else right. And so John wants you to know, he wants us to know, this is who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. What does water and blood mean? Well, first thing it means, it's a little graphic, but it's true, that he came from childbirth, okay? Both are involved there. Many, many scholars believe that's one of the things that John said, you know, because listen, he wants you to know Jesus was born like a person, a human being, and he died like a human being. And it all started with water and blood, right? That's the way it is. He wants you to know that. But he also wants to talk about the water being, you know, the water of his baptism, that Jesus came by the water. Do you know the story of Jesus' baptism? Do you remember it? Those of you from Sunday school, those of you from reading your scriptures, how important that is, that when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and he came out of the water, the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove and a voice from heaven, God himself said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. We have a picture of the Trinity, of the Son coming out of the water, God testifying to the fact that this is my Son. The Spirit of God coming on him, empowering him for ministry, that Jesus came by the water, and then he also came by the blood. And the blood's important in Scripture. The blood's all over, from, from Genesis to the maps, it's involved, Right? First, there was the the law, the Mosaic law, where where God said that because we're sinners, because we do things in disobedience from from God, we have to sacrifice. It was an animal sacrifice, an innocent animal, and their blood was a physical sign to those who did the sacrifice, those who saw the sacrifice, but also in a way for us to repent of our sins to God and for our sins to be covered. And then there was the Passover. Do you remember that? where the the Israelites were instructed as they were leaving Egypt that they had to find a perfect spotless lamb. And they had to sacrifice the lamb and they took its blood and they put it it over the doorways of their homes so that the angel of death would pass over. These are the, the, the sacrificial system, the Passover, the blood. It's all pictures of what God would do. In fact, in Hebrews, it tells us that the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities of themselves. But Jesus came through the blood. He came through the blood, and his blood was a witness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for you and for many. And when he poured out his blood on Calvary, the sins of all humanity were forgiven if only we would accept his work there. One of the most beautiful things I love, one of the things when we think about the blood, when we think about testifying about the blood, are the three words that Jesus said when he was stretched out on that cross right before he died. He said out loud, it is finished. 
That is the testimony of the blood. It's one Greek word, tetelestai. It literally means that what God did there has a ripple effect throughout all of history, that that one moment when one man gave his life, who was also God, died, poured out his blood, that all of the sins from beginning to end of the world were forgiven through God in Jesus Christ. That is the testimony. It's finished and John goes on, he says, or Isaiah says it this way, he says, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus came by the water and the blood. This is the testimony. John goes on, he says, for there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. It's interesting. Ecclesiastes tells us that a, three, a threefold cord cannot be broken. Jewish people knew that the testimony of two or three people were needed to guarantee something. And John, writing his letter, says, listen, I can't be more explicit to you. There are three witnesses that verify this. God's given us three witnesses to declare that his testimony is true. The three are the spirit, the water, and the blood. How does the Spirit testify? We talked about the water and the blood. How does the Spirit testify? The Spirit testifies, not only we saw it in the baptism, but we, the, uh, Paul tells us that the Spirit of God rose Christ from the dead, but the Spirit also testifies in our hearts every time we come into contact with this message. I hope it does. I know it's raining outside today. I know it's a dreary day, but listen, this is really important to our faith. I hope the Spirit of God is testifying when we hear the words of what Christ did through his baptism, through his death, through his resurrection. The Spirit of God testifies as a witness to us that this is true. And when we come to thinking about being unexplainable, that supernatural power of God, the Spirit of God accompanies every testimony that you give. One of the reasons why we're afraid to share it is because we think it's up to us and it's in our power. If the Spirit of God is asking you to share your testimony with somebody, the Spirit of God is there to empower it. The Spirit of God is what's calling that person to themselves. The Spirit of God is what's going to work on their heart for them to be drawn to salvation through Christ, not what you did, what he does. That's why the testimony's not about what you say, it's about what God did. The Spirit testifies to these things. And John goes on, he says, if we receive the testimony of men, if we believe what the testimony of men says, if, if we have police officers that give testimonies to, to a courtroom and we believe it, and that's how we have a system of justice, if we're going to do that, the testimony of God is greater. What we've talked about up to, up to this point is greater. We should put even more weight on it. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son, the water, the blood, and the spirit. One of the interesting things about this passage is you see the word testimony? You see the word born? The testimony and born, they're both the same word in Greek. And it's the word materio. It's the same word that we get the, the, we, we get the word martyr. What God is saying here through John is the testimony 
That, that God is greater, the testimony of God, that God has testified concerning his son, it could be translated, is a on display, full out, giving everything, putting it out for the world to see it, not just words, but a full embodiment, is that not what a martyr does? of what the testimony is, what the witness is, what the belief is, what happened. It's not just words, it's something that's on display. When somebody is a martyr, they bear witness, they put on display that everything of who they are is testifying to what they're dying for. That's what it means to be a martyr. That was, that's what it means to testify. That's what God has done. God has, God's greater testimony is, is that in the flesh, he has put on display his love for the world. And we have it through physical stories, physical pictures of the water, of the blood. It's not just ethereal thinking. It's not just up here. It's not too deep for words. No. That's why these things, the water and the blood, are, are part of what we do and what we practice as a church. Churches have different ways to practice it, but the reason we practice it is because it's a testimony of what God did. It helps us remember what he did. God hasn't given us a written statement of what he's done in the world. No, he gave us a physical, in the flesh testimony. Folks, you need to hear this. Doctrine's important. The word of God is important. I'm not saying it's not. But our testimony, God's testimony wasn't a doctrine, it wasn't a way of living, it wasn't a moral code. No, our testimony is a man. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, and that is who we put our stake on. And that is the testimony, the greater testimony of God. That his love for the world came through Jesus. It's a physical in the flesh, give all of himself bear witness to the world testimony. Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes this. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 15, talking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created on heaven and in, or on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, listen to this word, all things were created through him and from him. He's a real person. He was God in the flesh, and yet before the world even existed, all things were created from him and through him. He is before all things. He holds all things together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that everything might be, that everything he might be preeminent, for in him, listen, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself again all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by his blood on the cross. You see this? God chose to send his son, and when you look at Jesus, you see the Father. And everything that he did for you and for me is a testimony. It's the greater testimony of who he is. And if you come to believe this, John says, whoever believes this, believes in the Son of God, has the testimony in himself. Church, don't allow these words just to be skimmed over. That means that what God did through Christ when you come to believe it is in you. 
It's present in you, and God wants to use it. And if we would only be a church that wanted to believe this, that would receive this, that would walk in this, we would, we would be unable to keep it from coming out. The testimony is in himself. And whoever does not believe that God has made him a liar, does not believe that God's done this, has made God a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. Again, testimony born. That Greek word, maturo. God put it on display for the whole world, physically. And then he says, and this is the testimony, in case you didn't get it yet. God gave us eternal life. God gave us eternal life. If you weren't here last week, I shared with you. This is a gift. This is a gift from God. He gave it to us as a physical representation. He gave us his son. He gave us eternal life. The whole thing that we're talking about up to this point is that God is giving us a physical representation. Water, blood, the spirit, it's all testifying. It's all pointing to the fact that God gave us something, eternal life. And how did he give us eternal life? This life is in his son. Whoever does not have the Son, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The Son and life go together. Folks, if you don't know this, hear me this morning. You will never find life without the Son. The two are inextricably joined. You cannot find, there are tons of people. There are people in your workplaces. There's people in your schools. There's people that you have weight on you at restaurants who are trying to find life someplace else. John says this is the testimony. Life is in the Son, and whoever does not have the Son of God, they're never going to find life. That means when you start to feel, when you start to feel, you start to look you start to love like Jesus, that means when you start to have an unexplainable life, that means when the supernatural power of God grips your heart, that when you see people the way that God sees them, and you know, you know the truth that without Christ they're perishing, that they don't have life, this testimony should be on your heart and on your lips because you love them. And just like God, you would not want to see that any would perish. For God came and he sent his son because he loved the whole world. I write these things to you and I share these things with you this morning so that you would believe in the name of the son of God and that you may know you have eternal life. Once again, the idea of what we believe, the testimony of what we believe is not a system of a belief it's, or even a fact the object of our ultimate faith is a person. That person is Jesus Christ. He's come to live in us. His loves abide in us, abide in us. He's come to make us complete. And we're meant to live in him because his love is eternal. The gospel was written so that you would know. The gospel of John was written, and he's very clear, so that people would come to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. This letter was written to all of us as we finish this letter out this morning so that we would come to know how to live in that belief and that we would be assured that we have eternal life and in that assurance, we would then be driven to love others and to share with others this testimony. And an unexplainable testimony is not what you say. 
It's not what you say. It's what God did. And you need to know this. This is what John's pointing to. John doesn't talk about, and he could. And it's not that it's not important. John could have went through, and he could have finished his letter writing all of the things that God said about how he was going to send his son. But he didn't. He said, we have physical representation, put on display things, water, blood, and the spirit that testifies to the truth that God did something in the world through his son, Jesus Christ, that is our testimony, and our faith is found in there, our salvation's found in there, eternal life itself is found there, and that is what we testify to, what God did. So how does this apply to you? How, do you, how does this apply to any of us? Well, one of the things I think it's important for us to know when someone approaches us is that we talk about not only what we say, what, what God said and what we're supposed to say, but we talk about what God did. So let me share something extremely personal with you this morning. Many of you probably have heard me talk about this before, but when I was, when I was three years old, my mom was pregnant with my brother and she went into labor early because of a heart attack, a heart problem that was undiagnosed and she died in delivery. And hours later, my brother died. And so I haven't lived a day of my life that I can remember not grieving. I don't know a life without grief. And when I, was a, when I was a high school student, the age of many of you in this room, other people in my life died. Within three years, I lost every grandparent. I lost my best friend across the street who died in a car accident. I lost my uncle. I lost all of these people. And around the age 15, the idea of a God who would do that to me do that in this world and would love me was so difficult for me to understand that I wasn't sure that I believed the testimony. And so I, at one point in my room, cried out to God. Maybe like some of you have done before. Maybe you've done it even now. And I said, God, if you're real, if any of this is real, Show it to me, because I am hurting. I can't take it. Physically, I was 50 pounds lighter than I am now. Some of you think I'm skinny now. You should have seen me. My parents, taking me to doctor's appointments, upper GIs, lower GIs, thought I had cancer, thought I had ulcers. I couldn't eat. I was wasting away on the outside because I was dying on the inside. And I said to him, if you're real, Lord, I have to know. I have to believe that in Revelation where it says there are no more tears, there's no more sickness, there's no more dying, that that's true. And I can't explain it. It's unexplainable. But in that room, in that moment, God made himself realer to me than I've ever experienced in my entire life. He was so real, his presence was so real that I didn't even feel like I could move. All I felt was love. And from that point on, it was no question in my mind. And from that point on, my testimony is that only in him is life. 
That's what God did. That's what God did. And you know what? You know what one of the greatest things about following this God is that personally, through my life, I've had the opportunity to walk with, to counsel teenagers stuck in cycles of depression, some of which who had parents die when they were children. And God just brings them to me. And I get to walk with them. And I don't get to, and I don't have to win that moment when they're hurting, when they're struggling, when they're questioning, when they don't understand, when they've heard the stories, when they've heard the passages, when they've heard all of the things that the church has to give them. You know what I have to give them? Not what I say, but what God did. And what you need to understand, church, is as we live unexplainable lives, as we live, as we move forward from this series, as we move forward as a church who chooses to live unexplainable lives, empowered by the supernatural power of God, and as we interact with people who are lost, who are looking for answers, and as they come to you and they say, why? Why do you live this way? Why do you love me this way? Why am I in this place where I don't understand what's going on in my life, but for some reason when I see you, I see an answer. Each and every one of you shouldn't have to worry about what you say, because if you follow Jesus, then he did something in each and every one of your hearts and lives. And that's the starting point. Yes, do we want to disciple people? Absolutely. Do we want to point them to his word? Absolutely. Is this what's going to grow people? Absolutely. But you know what? The first thing to do, the first unexplainable thing to do is to share with somebody what he did. You know, I grew up in a church where we had people give testimonies, right? Where people talked about how God changed their hearts and lives. Church, if we would just get a hold of this, if we would just understand that God wants to put on display in your life, what he did. He does. He wants your life to be a living testimony to him. And when people are drawn to that, not because of you, but because of him at work in you, that's his goal, that's his, that's his call for us, to be used by him, to get in line with him so he can use us to draw people to himself, because through Christ he reconciled all things, as Colossians said, that when they come to you, You share with them, if you ever wondered what to say, you share with them what he did. You share with them what he's doing. You know, I've heard that, and I'm, and someone comes to you and says, I heard that, I, I, I see you're struggling. Let me tell you what the living God, you don't have to say it that way, but let me tell you what the living God has done in my life and in my heart in that situation. Let me tell you how my God, who is alive, who reigns at the right seat of God the Father, and who's coming again, let me tell you how he's changed everything for me. And you can know him too. It's not about what we say. It's about what he did. And God wants to use you to share your story with somebody. And if only you would be willing to look for that person who needs to hear it. If we would understand that this testimony that is in us, as John told us, is something that is meant to be shared, then we would look for opportunities to do so. Because God has seen fit that this message, this message of Jesus, this Jesus who came from birth, 
This Jesus who was baptized and God himself spoke from heaven. I've never heard of that, have you? And said, this is my son. This Jesus who was, was put on a cross and suffered and died for you and for me and cried out, it is finished. And poured his blood out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. This Jesus who was put on display, who we have a book full of witnesses who said he was a real man. And oh, by the way, he was God who came to give his life for you. This Jesus and what he did for you and for me and what he's doing in your life right now is the testimony. And every one of us, I pray, can testify to what he's doing in your lives. And if you live an unexplainable life, he's going to give you a reason to share it. But we got to be ready. Because if, if we don't, if we don't get this piece, if we don't get this message, then the rest, not, rest the other nine were worthless. <laughs> there was no point to preach them. It's the truth. Because what God is doing in you is not only for you, but it's meant for all of those out there that don't know him yet. Pray with me. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We praise you that you are a God who wanted to reveal himself to us. We don't have to look far to the reality that you're alive, that you're at work, that you did something here on earth. We have a testimony. You've given us your word as a testimony. You've given us your son as a testimony. You've given us your spirit alive in us as a testimony, Lord, and you've given the world your saints, your sons, your daughters as a testimony to what you did. Lord, I pray for each and every person here this morning that says they follow you, that they're pursuing you, that you're giving them each and every day a reason to say God's doing something in me. Knowing him, becoming like him, is changing, it's transforming me. And they would be able to not worry about what they say, but they would be able in the moment when someone is looking for answers to be able to share what you've done in them. And that that would draw more people to you, Lord. We love you. We magnify your name. We want your name to be known in all of the nations, Lord. So start with us here at Palmyra Grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with us. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. Strength, my soul is gone.
testimony Psalm 40 I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and he heard my cry he drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and he set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure he put a new song in my mouth and a song of praise to our God so that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. See, that's my story. He took a kid who couldn't see past grief and he filled him with eternal life, with victory, with love, with grace, 
with a mindset that does not see the things that are seen, but can always see the things that are unseen. And he put a new song in his heart so that he could declare that life is found not in your circumstances, but in a Savior. That's my story. That's my testimony. It's real. And somebody needs to hear yours this week. Somebody does. Somebody needs to see you as unexplainable, and they need to know why. And you got a story. I pray that you do. So go share it. Because this life in him, it's never been meant to keep to ourselves. Go this week and serve the Lord. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.